Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Who is this in the manger? Who is this that we're celebrating at Christmas time? The other, the other text you should look at is the entirety of the Old Testament. So many prophets prophesied. The Old Testament prepared, God's people prepared the earth for the Messiah. And though some were blinded and didn't understand at his, his coming, they, they saw Isaiah 53, which honestly, if you read to any Jew that understands the Old Testament at all, they know that Isaiah 53 is written about the Christ, well, that would be the Greek terminology, but the Messiah would be the Hebrew terminology. It's written about the Messiah. And you read Isaiah 53, and it talks about this suffering servant, and then it talks about how he was going to rule and reign. There's really two parts to that, talking about the first advent. Everybody say first advent. It's the, the first coming of Christ, and then the second coming. So the first advent, he comes as a suffering servant, and they didn't see that. They wanted the delivering king. But he had to come as a suffering servant first. And you can read and study. It, it really is quite amazing, Isaiah, because once again, if I may reference the, the, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, we have original sections of Isaiah, and the sections of Isaiah, we have proved the fact of the prophecies written before Christ. And they predate, the Dead Sea Scrolls predate the birth of Jesus. There's so much archeological evidence. You know, I wanna say this to you again, that if you will give your life to studying this book, you say, well, I'm not a scholar. If you're a believer, you need to give your life to studying this book. It's a lifetime journey and it never ends. I have been studying for 20 something years, longer, and I still feel like I've just maybe scratched the surface. And I come across things that I'm thinking, how is it that I've been seeking after you and reading your word all of these years and man, something new breaks out. It's ever unfolding and amazing. It is a lifetime journey filled with revelation and there's so much to it. And then archeological evidence continues to come out to prove scripture. Science is just, science hasn't caught up with what some of Scripture says. The Scriptures talk about the earth. There are flat earthers out there, but they, they might be flat headers. <laughs> is that a word, flat header? Flathead? Neanderthal? I don't know, whatever. The Bible talks about the earth being a sphere. Look at this text, is, this text is an incredible defining of who he is. It talks about the Messiah, it's a messianic text, fully God, fully man. And what the text does, and we're just gonna go right through it tonight, what the text does is it talks about how this child, what child is this, and what he does. He fulfills every human need. And I want to say, and I've said it dozens of times before, Pastor Alcantara, who came on our staff when he was 80, kind of like Caleb and Joshua. 
80 years old. He's when he went into full-time ministry at 80. 80. And he served on the staff of Dr. James Morocco. That's King's Cathedral and Chapels for 20 plus years. He died at 106. 106, I think. 106 years old. He passed. And he would open up our first service all those years ago when I first gave my heart to Jesus and I would, I would go to the every service. I'm still going to every service. I would still go to every service even if I wasn't preaching most of them. That's just what we do. We were talking on the way here, Pastor Karen and I was talking to um, Pastor Gill. He was reporting about how God moved in Eagle River and we were rejoicing. And we were reflecting on when we first got saved, Pastor Karen and I, we could not wait like some of you couldn't wait oh my gosh church tonight yes come on let's go it was like the biggest party in town and it is and when my gosh you get to meet all these people that just love on you and you love them and the power of God and the word of God and you change your life and woo, get to sing and maybe run a little bit church baby come on all right forget it I'm going over here I'm just telling you when we went to church it was like, whoa, we get to go. We're like, whoa, Wednesday. I'd wake up Wednesday morning and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Midweek. Midweek. You going to church? Oh, yeah, I'm going. You going? Yeah. Sunday morning, Sunday night. We couldn't get enough. It's, it's, uh, it's Joel's Bar and Grill. Joel, Prophet Joel. Bar, getting filled with the Spirit, you know. Some people don't like those illustrations and I understand that, but these are not drunk as you would suppose. But this is that, which is spoken by the prophet Joel and that's where that comes from. Grill, those are those really convicting messages where you repent. And we do serve food occasionally as well. Let's look at this text. Are you all there? Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Now, naturally, that's talking about the birth of the Messiah. The government will be upon his shoulders. You know what that speaks of? God is not a Republican. He is not a Democrat. He's not partisan. He's God. And he has a government all of his own. And it speaks of the protection and justice of heaven. God is a God of justice and his government will rule and reign no matter what happens with the parties. He can come up with a new party. Government. The government will be upon his shoulders. Wow. Thank God for godly laws. Lord, forgive us for ungodly legislation. There will come a day when all of it will be set straight by the government of heaven. Can you say Amen. Come on, someone say, I'm under the government of heaven. Say, I'm under the protection of heaven. You are if you've received Jesus. He goes on to say, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Let's just take Wonderful first. Wonderful, <laughs> Wonder, Wonder. Awe and Wonder, Wonderful, Full of Wonder. You know what it speaks of? It speaks of joy. It speaks of wonder and, and awe. He'll be called wonderful. He's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful God. 
when you fall in love with Jesus and you realize what he's done for you, you'll be overwhelmed by his goodness, by his joy. Serving God is not some drudgery. Serving God is not some arm-twisting, painful thing that you have to, well, I guess we have to just go to church. You need a fresh touch from heaven. Baptized in lemon juice, for God's sake. What do you mean, have to go? You get to go. And God loves you, and he wants, listen, he wants you to enjoy him, and he wants to enjoy you. The walk with the Lord is supposed to be filled with J. What's it spell? You got the J. J. You got yes, joy. Wonderful speaks of the kind of God that he is. He's wonderful. He's well, I don't really know him like that. Stick around. Listen to this message. He's not trying to beat you up one side the other and teach you something. Send you off to the divine woodshed the rest of your life. And you go to, you know, purgatory. There's no purgatory. God's in a good mood. I want you to say to your neighbor, God's in a good mood. That's, a, a, uh, that's a Bill Johnson terminology. I heard it years ago. God's in a good mood. Would you say that? God's in a good mood. Some people think of God as like this ogre who's just ruling over you, ready to strike you with lightning and set you on fire, dangle you over hell. No, he, he dangled his son over hell, so to speak. All of that wrath, all of that was placed upon his son. His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He, all of that was placed upon the wrath of God, was placed upon Jesus, and you get to receive the wonder, the blessing, the joy when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Some of you are still just want to hang out around the crucifixion. Thank God for the crucifixion, but early Sunday morning... Just like Jesus said, he rose from the grave. He's a wonder-filled, joy-filled God. Come on, somebody say yes. yes. My, my, my. Peter talks about joy unspeakable. Wow. Thirdly in our text, counselor. Wonderful counselor. You can break those things those two up, there's a comma after counselor. He is definitely the wonderful counselor, wonderful, wonder-filled counselor. It speaks of wisdom. It speaks of wisdom. God has wisdom that we know not of. And there's wisdom of the earth that James talks about that, that's devilish. But then there's wisdom that comes from the throne. This text this messianic text of Isaiah 9, talking about Jesus, talking about the Messiah, who was born of a virgin into a manger, would be the, the great I am, God with us, and would be the wonderful counselor. God has wisdom. Anybody need wisdom? Just ask of him. You say, what if he doesn't? Well, you've missed out right there. You're double-minded already. What do you mean, what if he doesn't? Quit asking what if he doesn't and set your heart on the fact that God has wisdom for you. He's a wonderful counselor. Many years ago when I was in a mandated discipleship program, (laughs) 
Come on, somebody say, woo! Some of you need to be in one. Amen. Praise God. I'm so glad. I got kicked out, but I was glad when I was there for that season. And I had this counselor. They, they gave counselors. I've told this story many times, but maybe not this aspect of it. I had this counselor, and he was from Texas, south of the Red River. And, uh, and I just couldn't relate with him. I had come from inner city, kind of a mix, inner city and hillbilly mix. I was raised in horse farms and potato farms and Arabian horses and, and also lived in the city. So I kind of had a mix. And so I couldn't relate to him. He wore roping boots and always had a piece of straw in his mouth. And he was a, he was a cowboy. You know, and I thought it was cute. The straw's cute. Boots are cute. He couldn't under, I couldn't relate to him at all. And he had this funny accent, you know, kind of like Pastor Christian kind of. <laughs> and, and I had a problem and I went to the, I went to the staff and I said, listen, um, you know, I can't relate to Brother Redneck, you know, so do you, got, do you got somebody that can, you know, you got a real counselor. And what they did was they, they made me go have morning prayer with this guy for, I think it was four weeks, every morning I had to get up at five in the morning and go out. We prayed in the sugarcane field in Hawaii. For, it was the first week. It was the third day. The first, first or second, first or second uh, time we were out there, really nothing happened. I think it was the third day that we went out. The power of God fell on us. and It was undeniable to me. The Lord spoke to me through that and said this, I am your ultimate counselor, and I will bring people into your life to counsel you, but I am the one who counsels you. And that doesn't run contrary to the wisdom of a multitude of counsel. So don't try to say to me, well, God counseled me, so I don't need to listen to anything that you, yeah, stop. <laughs> Wonderful counselor speaks of wisdom, and it speaks also of the fact that he'll reveal his will. Counselors, good ones, spirit-filled counselors, especially the Lord, will reveal his will to you. There's times when I needed wisdom, I didn't know what to do, man didn't have the answer, and I would be praying and God would say, bam, one, two, three. I would do the one, two, three, and I would see the blessing of God release, and I thought, man, he is a wonderful counselor. Come on, someone say, he is a wonderful counselor. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I've gotten counsel before, and it's just like, it didn't work. I find that there's a number of kinds of trials. The kind of trials, one, that draw you closer to God. All trials should draw you closer to God, but there are times when he's silent. You're like, Lord! He's like... Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can't you talk to me, God? I mean, the word is there, but you just feel like, man, it's crickets almost. That's when God's trying to call, draw you deeper into covenant relationships with people. Then there's times when people are like, well, you should, this, 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 this. then they don't really, you're like, that's not working. That's, yeah, God's going to speak to you. Really two kinds of trials I've found for me. Come on, someone say he's the wonderful, the wonderful counselor. And he reveals his will. I love the story when we ran into a, one of the hundreds of roadblocks, no exaggerating, in our building. And uh, we ran into a financial roadblock. We just didn't know what to do, except, you know, we knew what to do. We prayed, prayed fast, give, do everything we know what to do. We did that. And we needed a miracle. Dr. Morocco's on his way to Germany and we're praying, God, give us a financial organization, an institution that'll come alongside us. 
So he's on his way to Germany and he stops in New York and he, and he meets a friend, talks with them and shares about Alaska and the outpouring that's taken place and our current need. And he says, huh, he ever heard of so-and-so? He said, no. He said, yeah, he's in Oklahoma. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you give him a call? He said, where in Oklahoma? So he tells him. And he says, I'm going there tomorrow. Dr. Morocco jumps on a plane, flies to Oklahoma, calls the president of this particular institution. The president had like a lunch cancellation. They met that day. They met that day, they made a plan, and they came alongside and helped us to move forward profoundly. Without them, I don't know where we would be. God would have made another way. God is the wonderful counselor, and he'll give, he'll give you revelation. He goes on to say in the text, are you all there? Wonderful counselor, mighty God. He's the what? He's the mighty God. That speaks of power. Mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. How many of you know that? It's easy. Try it. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. He is a king of kings. He is a Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, Jesus, oh, he is a king. How many of you ever heard that before? He's the mighty God. You know what that speaks of? It speaks of God having power to change, to transform, to heal. Come on, somebody say Jesus in. Jesus. Devil out. Come on, say it. Say Jesus in. Devil out. It's, it's a, <laughs> the mighty God is a picture. <laughs> Raise your hands to Jesus. Let's have a praise break. It's ugly sweater Sunday night, apparently. This is. He is a king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, he is a king. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Mighty God. He's the mighty God. He's the mighty God. That means he can change you, change your black heart. He can change your situation. He can heal your body. He can set you free from the torment of your mother-in-law. He can help you. He can free you from every difficult, painful situation. He's the one who heals cancer, heals disease. He's on the throne. He's the mighty God. He's the one. He's the mighty God. He's the one. He's the what? It speaks of power. It speaks of transformation. My, my, my. In the face of every situation, God can move in power and change things. He's the everlasting father. He's the what? You see it right there. We're at the bottom of verse six. Everlasting father speaks of becoming part of God's family. Oh my. Yeah, my family was ravaged 
When I was a kid, my family was ravaged by sin. We didn't know God like my family knows God now. We were religious of sorts, but it lacked power. And I remember going through divorce, my parents going through divorce, and I remember losing my father. And really, in actual fact, I felt like I lost my father and my mother. It just ripped us in half, three sons. And the effects of that could be seen in our lives where we lived in the furthest corners of the United States. Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Florida. We were separated completely that far, as far as you can get, still be in the same country. And God has healed us and, and, and he's healed the father wound for me and for so many others. I wanna tell you that your father might not have been the father that you would have hoped for. I will say to his defense that you can't give what you don't have. And many times fathers pass on what was passed on to them. And I'm so grateful for, for what was right and good and just in my family. But more than all of that, I've been fathered by him. God came and made up all the difference because I became his son. And you need to become his son. You need to become his daughter. And you need to let him father you. I remember on some Father's Day, years and years ago, I remember just looking up and just saying, God... Would you father me? Would you? And he's like, oh yeah, that's quite a prayer. I needed a lot of correction like some of you. <laughs> Everlasting father speaks of becoming part of God's family. We're part of his family. We've been adopted. You know, many people have a hard time with that. In fact, I'll say this. If even when I say that, just turns in you a little bit like, yeah, I don't like calling him that. That's because you need healing from what happened. Did it, did the glory of God just fall right now? Or was that the lights going to the next level of bright? <laughs> if when you hear loving heavenly father and that bothers you, it's because you have something in here that needs to be healed. And, and welcome to the human race. All of us have gone through things. You know, you, know, you need to honor your father and mother. You so say, you don't know what they did. No, I don't, but I know what Jesus did. And what you need to do to honor them is forgive them. That's the ultimate thing of honor. Forgive your mother and father and get healed of the fact that he wasn't there and he didn't teach you and, or whatever, perhaps even abuse. Everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. You know what that speaks to me about? That speaks to me about being in right relationship. Peace, Prince of Peace. It means, it speaks to me about being in right relationship with, with God, but it also means to me about being in right relationship with others. Yeah. You know, peace, I think is, I think peace is, the, having peace with God and peace in my life, I think is the most important thing to me. I'm not doing life without peace because if you don't have peace, then something's wrong. And so I'm not doing life wrong. I did that in the first quarter of my life. No, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep my peace. It's how God leads us. It's, it's, it's a, an internal compass, if you will, to help me stay in the will of God. It keeps me in protection. I have peace because I, I, I walk with them and I, I'm, when I travel, I just did this intense time of shooting down to wherever it was, Seattle, and uh, took a flight, 
got in a car, raced over to, uh, fought traffic. I should say it was no race. Fought traffic, picked Dr. Morocco up, went over to the church, had a banquet, drove him back, drove to the airport and flew back home. And there came a point, now you, you gotta know me and my wife. I, I don't like being away from my wife and I really don't like traveling. I like traveling with my wife. I don't like traveling without my wife. And I like sleeping in my bed. I don't know how those evangelist guys do it because give me my pillow, praise the Lord. And I wanna, be, I wanna be at home in my own bed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not called to be an evangelist. I'm an evangelist type with a pastor overlay. I'm not called to be a traveling evangelist. I'm gonna evangelize this community and everywhere else God sends us. This is the place that, that the Lord has called us to be for the rest of our life. We're sowing our life into this state, 15 years and counting. Not that long, some of you have been here longer. So I lost my peace about that, and I said to Pastor Karen, I said, I might not come home on that flight. I might stay the night. I might get a hotel and spend the night. She says, really? I said, yep, because I just, I lost my peace about coming straight back. That's totally contrary to what I want. I want to come home. I want to be with you. I want to be here. I wanted to be here Saturday. I wanted to, I wanted to just be here. I didn't want to be in Seattle. I didn't, want to travel, I didn't want to travel Saturday. And I did not want to stay in a hotel room. I really badly didn't want to. And the Lord's like, careful. I'm like, okay. Because it's not about me and what I want. I'm going to keep my peace. So I might, not, I might be uncomfortable and have a restless night in some hotel room, but still have peace with God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He's the Prince of Peace. It speaks of the fact that he'll lead you into all peace and he will guide you and he'll direct you. And so I came right to that decision and the Lord says, you can go home. I thought, great, awesome. And I came home. Come on, someone say he's the Prince of Peace. Beyond peace, we can experience with God a peace he gives us in our family. He said, well, I don't have peace with all my family. Keep serving God. It'll turn around. And he makes even your enemies to be at peace. One day when Jesus will return, he'll bring peace on the earth forever. He's going to split the eastern sky. You can pray for world peace right now, but I got some prophetic news for you right out of the scripture. It is not going to happen as much as we should live in peace and promote peace, peace with each other, peace with God. There is coming an antichrist who's probably already on the scene. And, and prophetic, the prophetic word is coming to pass. No matter what any of us do, it's going to come to pass. We can quicken his return. There will come a day and, an a, and a time when time is over and people run for cover and hide from the one who's great and awesome and mighty. His name is Jesus. And on that day, every knee will bow. And on that day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of God. Some knees will be bowed with fists raised at heaven, shaking their fist at God, angry. And others like me, like you, I pray, will be bowing in humble adoration with our hands raised to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And he will bring world peace. It is not going to come by some government. It's going to come by his government. You missed a great place to say amen. He will reign on David's throne and over his, 
and over his kingdom. It speaks on meeting the greatest need of all, submission to his rulership. It speaks really of us submitting to his rulership. We talked a little bit about, about uh, Mary and how she was submitted, which had to be quite a thing. She had to choose to be submitted. Some of you are rebellious. Some of you, no matter, no matter what the word says and no matter how it's proven to you, you still are going to do your own way. And if you do that, it's not going to end up good. Some of you lived a rebellious life because of abuse of authority and for whatever reason. I mean, I had authority over me that wasn't very healthy at times. And I had to get healed of that. And I've found as I've pastored for these 20-something years, people come into the church and they're working out all their father issues with me, which I'm happy to. I will happily help you work out your father issues. And Pastor Karen will help you work out your mama issues. And the truth is all of our staff, pastors and such, they'll help you. But we need to learn to submit to his rulership. And by submitting to structural authority, you're submitting to, you're submitting to God's authority. You learn some spiritual submission is learned through submitting to structural authority. Because God puts people in authority over us. And we get to choose who we're in authority. Now, there's unhealthy authority. And they lord over you and try to manipulate you, tell you who to marry, tell you what couch to pick, try to control you. That's not here. No, my, my job is to teach you and to impart to you, to teach you God's word, to equip you so that you help. he'll help you pick your couch. He'll help you pick your wife, pick your husband. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. That speaks of meeting our greatest need, which is submission to his rulership and his reign. Come on, would you lift your hands if you're submitted to his rule and reign and say, oh God, I submit to your leadership. Come on, say it again. Oh God, I submit to your leadership. Hallelujah. Lastly, right in the text, worship team, please. Lastly, the zeal of the Lord, the zeal of the Lord Almighty. You know what that speaks of? It speaks of God's desire to intervene in all of these things. Zeal. It has been said of me and others on my staff that you have a gift of zeal. I would say that's probably true. There's a passion that stirs in me. And that one comes from the ultimate one, the ultimate zealous. And that's God. God is zealous for you to fulfill his plan, that you would obey him, that you would live for him. Zeal speaks of his, of his passion to see it all performed, his desire to intervene. God wants to intervene. You know, God's more concerned about souls than we ever could be. He's more concerned about the lost than we could ever be. And he, when he gives those things to us, that desire, that zeal, that passion, it's really a supernatural thing. You see, without a burning desire, to see the plan of God brought about, you won't see it come about. Zeal. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish all of this. Think about that. The zeal of the Lord. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Will accomplish what? His government. My, my, my. The wonderful counselor. The mighty God. Zeal. The Prince of Peace. What child is this? 
is God stepped out of eternity and put on robes of flesh, was born in a manger for you and me. What child is this? It's Emmanuel, God with us, living among us, modeling, showing us what the Father is like. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. Can you say amen tonight? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.